the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. I look forward to this every week. Top of our second hour, checking in with Congressman Representative David Schweikert, who represents our 6th Congressional District. And uh, David, I don't know how much you look forward to these, but I am so glad you've committed to them. I look so forward to these visits with you. (laughs) Oh, Someone's got to kick your tires a little bit, huh? Yeah. Do, do we let anyone know that? What what, 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 what what are we doing? What state secrets are we letting out? I saw you on Thursday night. You saw me Thursday night. I was your security at a wonderful event. Uh, you gave a big talk on health care and our deficit and our economy to a group of healthcare professionals. One of the interesting things about it, David, you won't say this about yourself. I'll let the audience know. You held forth for about an hour. Uh, with these healthcare professionals, um, and each and every one of them I talked to said, "Man, you know your stuff," and that was a tough crowd. You really the do. You really do. Meant, it wasn't meant to be a healthcare discussion. It was actually how do you help society instead of government basically leeching and destroying our society. Um, I hope that makes sense. Well, you had the meeting out of your hands because no one talks about it that way and no one talks about it the way you do. I think my point at the time was, I mean, you are for health care and the economy the way uh, Jack Kemp spoke about tax cuts and the economy. And it was just it was really great. It's the the same economic. Yeah. So anyone that's listening, um, I have sort of this unified theory that basically says um, government is substantially the problem. Um, the bureaucracy, it's standing in the way of, of disruption that would make us healthier, wealthier, you know, the society. And so you, you, you try to explain um, Medicare is the primary driver of U.S. sovereign debt. And that's uncomfortable for people to hear, but it's set, over the next 30 years, it's 75% of all the borrowing. And the borrowing is, is crazy town. It's off the charts. So what would happen if you could embrace technology to cure people's diseases, to, to, to make it so they, if they're going to live a long life, it's a healthy life. And it turns out that has amazing impact on debt, deficit, on being able to have an economy that grows. And so for a lot of these groups, they want you just to talk about their one issue yeah, right. because that's the one issue they make their living on. Right. And helping them understand Things are complex. It's no longer about the one issue. It all ties together. And you can create this amazing virtuous circle. If I could cure, if we can cure diabetes, and it turns out that's the single biggest thing you can do for um, the debt that's being piled on, I mean, at incredible rates every day, but also for income inequality for populations to be able to participate in society and the economy. And you try to help thing it all ties together yep let me tie another part of this together with you or have you do it for us with us if i can david i'm so glad you did this i'm so glad you tweeted about this uh, another aspect of health care another aspect about 
something that I think you use the word primary driver, phrase primary driver. I'll use it, primary driver of a lot of problems in this country. You sat down um, with uh, some experts uh, to talk about uh, the fentanyl problem in our community. And I will tell you the song I have been singing uh, with increasing volume for the last 20 years is if you want to look at our criminal justice system, if you want to look at our education deficit problem, if you want to look at our welfare system, if you want to look at health care costs, you've got to look at this drug abuse problem. We are now facing a situation with fentanyl, David, that it is the leading killer, the leading cause of death for Americans aged 18 to 45. It's a disgusting thing that we've reached this. It's also a sad thing. It's a difficult thing, but it's not an impossible thing. Again, we're in the realm of not um, ability, but will. Um, If you want to have your heart ripped out, sit next to a mom that lost her teenage son because he took a single pill, Mm -hmm. and that pill had been stamped to look like one thing, and it turns out it was a fentanyl pill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And a couple hours later, this boy, this child is dead. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's not a unique story. Nope. You got to understand, Phoenix is functionally the na- national distribution center yep. for fentanyl. And if you want to understand why the price has crashed, if you anyone listening believes in basic economics, when the price has crashed in Phoenix, well, I mean, we're hearing testimony that wholesale there's you know fifty cent. 75-cent fentanyl pills out there. Yep. I mean, that's a fraction of what it was a year ago. Yep. Um, it's because the border's wide open. Yep. Border Patrol now spends its time escorting people walk across to the cars, to processing. Whole portions of our border are wide open. And the proof is in the math. You know, when um, uh, drug usage of, of fentanyl, of methamphetamine have skyrocketed, the price has crashed. Availability is functioning everywhere around you. Yep. I'll let you know border policy has an impact. Yep. And so, it, it, but it's willful. It's so, you know, our leftist friends who want to say, well, having an open border is compassionate. Yeah. Well, go tell that to the mother whose little boy is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it to the uh, family, friends, relatives of, um, the 100,000 Americans, over 100,000 now in the latest numbers, that died from drug overdose. David, this this is an issue that is so devastating. What confuses me more than anything else is, than, is the silence on it. And I think, I think it's not really any more about people being reticent to talk about it. I'm guessing the people you met with were more than delighted to talk about it, If and except for the fact that it was tragedy in their lives, but they wanted to talk about it. In other words, this this notion that people have been a little bit hesitant or embarrassed to talk about it, I think that's over. I think it should be. I think the reticence really comes to what you were talking about, that it drives one to a policy position a lot of the elite culture doesn't like, which is dealing with the border. It's not everything, by the way. We've had a drug problem before we had a border problem. Yeah. It's just the border problem has made it in- it has made it exponentially worse to the point where I don't know how we keep avoiding it. I really don't. It, it, it's look, and Arizona, you know, the Phoenix area is the epicenter of fentanyl distribution, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Arizona actually is one of the states that has taken it very seriously. Yeah, yeah. We have lots of programs. 
a, a great phone line for folks to understand, you know, um, you know, what do you do? How do you react? Um, but, but we have to deal with an issue, and, and you got to see it in a big picture. The human smuggling that the cartels are engaging in has produced so much cash, so much profit, I mean billions, that now we're hearing test, getting testimony that the drug cartels are now into manufacturing their own precursor chemicals. Right. So this whole discussion of, oh, if we work with China, they'll right. shut off the precursor chemicals. Right. No, no, no. We financed um, uh, a new drug industrial complex in Mexico. Yep. Um, and it was our border policy once yep. again. And and there seems to be this unwillingness to understand that there are these things called second-degree effects and third-degree effects. Uh-huh. When you make a crappy decision here, what's the cascade effect? Right. And now it's homelessness in your neighborhood. Yep. It's people being able to get high for $12 yep. for the day yep. instead of 120 yep. Um it's and job it's loss. Misery. It's accidents it's at work. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's all these things. And the cost, too, by the way, people don't realize how much this stuff also taxes our economy, also taxes our budget. It go, re- come it, with me some night. I, I do this a handful of times a year. I'll go and I get invited and I sit in a corner in an emergency room. Yep. Do it on a Saturday night. All right, I'll go with you, David. We'll um, write an op-ed and, about and what we will. saw together. Would you do that with me? Take me with you. I want to do an op-ed with you. I, I want I want to work with you on making this, you know, issue number one for the country that just is unaware about this. I, I would love to do this with you. If I can work with you on this, I'll do anything I can to work with you on this. We're try- I'm trying. Oh, good. I, I, it, good. It, it's, it's, you know, if lifestyle, if if. If you care about economy, if you care about the working poor, if you care about just as a society, you know, coming together, yep. um, you got to get this dystopian mess that the left has, has brought to us. You bet. This is one of the chief forces of decomposition in our society until we get Good a handle on Better way to phrase it. Well, better I just think it. that until we get our hands and arms and heads around this, David, we're going to have a lot more social devastation. It's one of the reasons I love you, sir. You are a force of composition in our society, David Schweikert. Thank you for doing what you do. I'm Seth Leibson. We will be right back. First, we were told that spending trillions on COVID relief and blue state bailouts would not generate inflation. Then we were told the inflation would be transitory. Then we were told it was Russia's fault. One company got it right from the beginning, and that's my personal precious metal dealers at veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. As Washington politicians push the largest budget in American history and the Fed continues to pump money into the system, what will happen next? What will China do with their treasury holdings as the value is sliced away amid the Biden inflation? Midas Gold Group will give you the latest inflation projections. Just ask them for their free guide. Give them a call at Midas Gold Group 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Don't deal with questionable gold salesmen. Avoid mail order nightmares. Deal with the knowledgeable and reputable company that Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you do. I own gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes, 
Good afternoon, Seth. It was interesting hearing Representative Schweikert and you talking about the fentanyl deal. Also, I would like to add another category, Please. like that National Guard soldier that drowned yes. in the Rio Grande. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. That Let him not be forgotten either. Absolutely. You know, you were talking on your monologue. Did you say that was from the New York Times? Yeah, today's uh, New York Times had an op-ed, a long op-ed. I mean, you know, most op-eds in the Times run about 800 words. I didn't do the word count because I was moving fast and I could have, but I'm thinking we're reaching 1,500 words with this one. It's an extra long one, yeah. Significant. Okay, well, you see, my observation is we need to reject their lexicon. The term immigrant is a legal term. That's when somebody applies to come here legally to the United States. They they skew these words. Yep. They start changing a word. They call them an illegal immigrant. And actually, if you look up in United States Code, I think that's Title 10 of the United States Code. The term is illegal alien. Yes, you're right. So, yep, uh, you're right. Yeah, yep. So, and, so, and in that op-ed, in that essay, let's call it an essay, right, Mike? Uh, in that essay, they talk about immigration, immigration, immigration. They don't even use the word illegal. They just conflate the whole thing into one big basket to make the, their case even stronger, but also even more untrue, I think. Yes, they, they're, that's their lexicon. Yeah, conservatives uh, are like against immigration. You. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not yeah. that I know any of. No. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I looking around here, but I can't find the paper. But you can go to your search engine and just type in "crimes by illegals," mm-hmm. and you'll come up with a paper by the CBP, the Customs and Border Protection, uh-huh. and uh, it it gives you a readdown, a rundown on like the last five years, and you can see what happened when uh, Obama was in and when President Trump came in, and now it's. Uh, stuff crimes going back through the the roof again it's it's his uh policy was real mike i gotta gotta pause you real quick i just gotta tell you you'll you'll maybe get a kick out of this it's sad but it's true in its own way i saw a bumper sticker yesterday you've probably seen this before i never had Uh, driving home yesterday i saw a bumper sticker that said if the government ever makes your guns illegal just tell them they're undocumented yeah, right? Good <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. yeah. It takes a moment, but yeah, it has layers. Yeah, there are layers to that. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Go ahead. Very sir. good. Yeah. yeah, I got a I got a mail from the military. It goes out to retired folks and it it's uh, the military has a policy. It's called see something report it. Uh-huh. And it kind of ties right in of about, you know, this whole seeing immigrants or illegals or activity and stuff. So, it seems like the government is schizophrenic. One half of the government wants your help and the other half says that it doesn't. And I find it odd as I was kind of collecting my things here. We've kind of come full circle cuz back in March of 21, we were talking about illegals and the drug cartels as um, insurgent groups. But, you know, just last week, there was that big crash on I-10, and that's now a a Phoenix man's been identified as a driver after three people killed in an I-10 pursuit in a head-on crash north of Phoenix. And the I-10 was closed for almost 10 hours about that. There was another one that happened down south in Arizona. After crashing vehicle striking bicyclist, human smuggler arrested by Sierra Vista police. That was in early uh, April. Here's one from the border. Yes, the CB. 
CBP.gov wanted murder suspect fleeing U.S. captured by CBP and Nashville police. Uh, also here from the CBP, Rio Grande Valley agents apprehend five gang members. Another one, child predators arrested by USBP agents and Border Patrol agents arrest convicted murderer. And so, you know, when these these people that live in some gated community la-la land thinks that everything is just fine and dandy because they haven't seen some some of this stuff and then they want to turn it around and oh well you're just a hater you're just a you know a, a neo-nazi you just don't like immigrants and stuff and they they have absolutely no clue that what's going on here and like you i like i, I like, like yeah i i i i dislike those illegal immigrants, as much as I dislike Americans who engage in the Ill- same illegal crimes. A- a- Fine. Illegal my aliens. My, we have to yeah, I don't want to lose my point. I don't want to lose my point. My point is I dislike okay, those illegal aliens as much as I dislike Americans who engage in that same exact behavior. I don't really care where they came from, but the fact is what these uh, think tanks and lefties, as well as the Cato Institute, do is they put out studies. They put out studies that say, well, the crime in the illegal uh, alien or they say illegal immigrant in the illegal immigrant population is less percent than the crime committed by Americans. I don't give two hoots. I don't care if it's 2%. I don't care if it's 3%. That's 3% of violent crime and dis- and social destruction we don't have to have. Well, I read a pretty lengthy paper about that very subject just the other day, and that's how they skew it, yep. because they say the immigrant, yep. and then those are people that came here legally, and then in people's minds, they're thinking about illegal aliens. But those numbers are completely different. When you look at illegal alien crime and the native-born crime, it's like, for the illegals, it's it's through the roof. So mm-hmm. that that whole... That whole notion and that argument is skewed. It's propaganda, and the new word they use today, that is disinformation that they're trying to convince the average person that doesn't know any better, and they make it seem like, oh, well, these people, they just want to come up here and pick cantaloupes, and if you leave them alone, everything will be fine. No, they commit a tremendous amount of crime. Go to cbp.gov or just go to crimes by illegals and type that into your search engine, and you'll find it. And the policies that President Trump did, because across the top it gives the years of these crimes, and it went from like you know, one category was like murder and yep. homicide. Yep. It went from two to three hundred yep. back when Obama did, yep. and then the next year it was like a hundred. The next you're year doing a sir, like Mike. Two. You're doing a great service with reporting this and what you're showing too. So please continue to do so with us. This is a good public service because the media will not do it. And what you're highlighting. Is is if you want to know about this stuff, you have to either turn into a show like this and get listeners like you who do your research, or you have to do your research yourself. You will not get this from the cultural elites. You will not, because as you rightly put it, they work in big buildings with armed security guards that require you to show an ID before you meet them, by the way, and it never touches them. Never. It will one day. It will one day. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. What if you could do well by doing good? What if you could do really well by doing really, 
good. I'm talking about whether you could invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio, earn exceptional fixed returns, and actually help other people. What other people? People who are drowning in private student loan debt, people who have no help and no hope until Why Refi came along. Why Refi refinances defaulted private student loans while others will not. And that's just a part of the story. From the other end, if you want to invest in this, you can get great returns while helping these people, including improving their FICO scores and getting their life back into regular order. I take these kind of investment endorsements super seriously, folks. That's why I wanted to meet with, get to know, and see the entire project at Y-Refi. I have gotten to know them. They are not good people. They are great people. Check it out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. They are a local company, so you can visit them and see it for yourself. You will not get a sales pitch. They are friendly, happy, great folks, knowing they're doing good work and helping their investors as well as their customers. They're in the business of helping people that others won't, and you can be to check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. Make sure and tell them I sent you. All right. Well, one of the reasons that I think Fauci pronouncing today on COVID being a, quote, transitional – at a, quote, transitional phase from a deceleration into a more controls phase – an endemicity. <laughs> he said that the um, that the uh, the COVID is finally out of the full blown explosive fan pandemic phase. Who's going to pay attention to this? And what's this endemicity? Is he now just? I mean, we've been through. T- I like words. I know we try and teach and learn new words here all the time. It's important. Endemicity. Really, two and a half years into this, has anyone heard that word before? Is this an, a, an is this an increasing quest for relevance or an increasing quest to sound smarter than everyone else? Smart, smart, stupid, Irving Crystal once said about learned ignoramuses. Very, very, very smart about one thing while being very, very, very dumb about everything else. Think of your average sociology professor, I suppose. But but without discrediting that whole field, I don't mean to any more than I mean to discredit the entire field of medicine. There were a lot of bad actors here, a lot of bad actors, Fauci perhaps being the worst. The lies, the admitted lies, the media complicity in those lies, that's a word we know, complicity, endemicity, geez louise. And the question I said as I have is, you know, a lot of people, you know, they want COVID forever. They don't want the disease COVID. They want the reaction to COVID forever. They like this big brother thing, but more importantly, they like lording over you their superior sense of civic health. They like lording over you their superior sense of morality and taking care of not only themselves, but I suppose their fellow community members. What they refuse to understand and acknowledge is that what these efforts have done 
is harmed, not only our civic and social health, but our physical and mental social health as well. And the science doesn't bear out. The stuff Fauci was pushing, the ads you were being inundated with, the shaming the left loves to shame, the shaming you were subjected to, it didn't pan out as a matter of statistics, as a matter of common sense, as a matter of actual science, as a matter of political science. The people who were skeptical up front and smart about it, your Bill Bennett's, your Heather MacDonald's, your Dennis Prager's, I'd love to throw myself in there with the columns Bill and I were writing and talking about and the YouTubes we were creating and being censored for creating, your Eileen McCants Gatzes, your Jay Bhattacharya's, these, your Scott Atlas's, these people turned out to be more right on every index of COVID than Anthony Fauci, the CDC, and the left. And I'll come back on the other side of this break with a massive new study I bet you won't hear about anywhere else but here. And if you read the Powerline blog, we'll be right back. <laughs> Bill, Bill gets a little steamy under the collar when, <laughs> when those kinds of lyrics come out. Portions of this show are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. They are really good people. They're doing a neat um, American history project. We'll tell you more about You're starting to see some advertisements on it. Uh, we'll have a participation in that. But their product, Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies, I take every day. A proprietary blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables made from fresh whole produce. They use an advanced cold vacuum process where the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved so that you get the vital nutrition in each capsule. I've taken it every day for going on about three years. It has kept me well. It keeps my health up. It keeps my energy high, and it boosts my immunity the natural way with the equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and veggies in a single day with a single dose. Balanceofnature.com. You'll be glad you did if you check them out. And when you do, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Discount code BALANCE. Oh, this is a funny tweet. Hey, Elon Musk, have you considered switching Tesla to hydro? Yeah, I knew Bill's head would graze. Yeah, I love doing that. Hey, Elon Musk, have you considered switching Tesla to hydro? to run on liberal tiers, much more efficient, much greater supply. <laughs> yeah, the first hydro car to run on the tiers of liberals who um, work at Twitter or are leaving Twitter. It is amazing, you know, cultural institutions of any kind, uh, be it a school, elementary, secondary, uh, be it a college, a university, be it an office, place of work, uh, be it, you know, a rec center, anything, any, any, any institution – the temperature of that, the cultural temperature of that institution is set by the leader. In the school, it's the principal, for example. Uh, if you hear complaints from teachers who are in unhappy situations, good teachers who are in unhappy situations, usually, usually, not always, usually it starts with not a good principal, not a good leadership, not someone who has their back and is standing up with a good cultural ethos for the school. You can do this, as I say, with almost any institution. The leader has an impact on 
what the rest of 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 that institution will do. Think about, for example, Joe Biden and what's taking place uh, throughout the administration. Uh, you know, if you if you work for Joe Biden, if you are in the executive office building, Eisenhower building or, or any of the departments, you have a certain temperature and an expectation of what you should propose, what you should do, what you should execute on, what you should initiate. Um, in this case, it's probably uh, the world is your liberal dream palace oyster shell because without the shell, <laughs> the oyster, the world is your oyster because because Joe Biden. Because of Joe Biden and the tone and the climate he has set, which is basically not even leading from behind anymore, but just not even leading. It's just vacuity. It's responding to crises with speeches that he bungles that are given to him by average at best speech writers bolstered by a vice president who has probably never been as smart as Joe Biden, which should tell you something bolstered by an internal apparatus. I can't figure it out. My guess is it's part Ron Klain. My guess is it's part Susan Rice in the domestic policy office. And my guess is it's part Jill Biden that have, you know, contained this emperor without clothes. So the environment in the executive office building is do anything you want, and they are. And I'll tell you some interesting stories about a new initiative, especially coming out of the Department of Homeland Security, which reminds me of nothing so much as the Ministry of Truth from 1984. Let's put the pin in that grenade for a moment while I tell you what I promised I would about this Big new study, peer-reviewed study, 35 European countries during the period of October 2020 to March, end of March 2021, when the second COVID wave passed through that continent. Maybe it's the last nail in the mask coffin if anyone ever reads about this story. I'm reading it from Powerline. The study plotted the percentage of mask compliance in each country against COVID cases and deaths. The author evidently expected to demonstrate the utility of masks, but was disappointed. Let me read to you from the study. Quote, the aim of this short study was to analyze the correlation between mask usage against morbidity and mortality rates in the 2021 winter in Europe. Data from 35 European countries on morbidity, mortality and mask usage were analyzed and crossed. Mask usage was more homogeneous in Eastern Europe than in Western European countries. The correlation coefficients between mask usage and COVID-19 outcomes were either null or positive, depending on the subgroup of countries and type of outcomes. Positive correlations were stronger in Western than in Eastern European countries. These findings indicate that countries with high levels of mask compliance did not perform better than those with low mask usage. Close quote. As John puts it, actually, it suggests that countries with more mask compliance did worse. A positive correlation means that more masks corresponded to more deaths. Here's another line from the study. Quote, surprisingly, weak positive correlations were observed when mass compliance was was plotted against morbidity or mortality in each country. That is to say, more masks equals more cases and more deaths. You're going to hear that at the New York Times or in the viewer in the Washington Post or come out of Anthony Fauci's mouth? No. And he likes Europe, I presume. Let me give you the study's conclusion verbatim, if I may. 
While no cause-effect conclusions could be inferred from this analysis, the lack of negative correlations between mask usage and COVID-19 cases and deaths suggests the widespread use of masks at a time when an effective intervention was most needed was not able to reduce COVID-19 transmission. Moreover, the moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths in Western Europe also suggests that the universal use of masks may have had harmful unintended consequences. Close quote. At least let's thank the author of this study for his honesty. May I give you that last line from the study again? Study of 35 countries in Europe, 20 to 21. Uh, years uh, part, through the years 20, uh, uh, 2020 through 2021. The moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths, positive correlation meaning you died if you had a mask, between mask uses and death in Western Europe suggests that the universal use of masks may have had harmful, unintended consequences. Gee, you think? And we're not even talking about what they did to the kids and their emotional and mental health. We're just talking about the adults that were happy to shame you and me for not wearing masks when the shame belongs to them. My producer, Bill, just came up with a new aphorism for the show. When the mistake... Is, what is it? When the mistake is better than the – yeah, when the mistake is better than the map, the mistake is right. <laughs> we, we made a mistake that turned out better than what we originally planned for. Uh, that's based on an old um, – I think it's an old military line. When the ground is different from the map, the map is wrong. Is that what you were playing off of? All right. Well, the United States left, and by that I mean inclusive of our government, including our Department of Homeland Security – and uh, the head of our homeland, uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, um, he's he's creating a new disinformation governance board. Does that frighten you a little bit? We weren't going to let Jacinda Ardern have the entire property of this, were we? Do you know who that is? Prime Minister of New Zealand, will it help if I remind you? of her with this quote of hers must prepare but do not panic prepare and and when you see those messages remember that unless you hear it from us um it is not the truth and i really ask people just visit um uh, covid19.govt.nz it has all of the up-to-date information and we will continue to provide everything you need to know yeah unless you hear it from the government it's not the truth which um you know, I don't know New Zealand's constitution or even if they have one, but the entire purpose of our First Amendment was um, because we didn't think the government had a monopoly on the truth and that the First Amendment was to allow the press and the citizens to check the government. But, yeah, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is now uh, creating a disinformation governance board. I'll tell you more about it in the next hour. But it is right out of, if not the Ministry of Truth from 1984, right out of um, the Soviet Union, right out of the Soviet Union's propaganda ministry and Operation Infection and all kinds 
of Russian misinformation and disinformation and the use and weaponization of contrary opinion to be categorized as one of two things. If you were against the Marxist state in the, in the Soviet Union, you were guilty of one of two things, a political thought crime or mental illness. It was called the abuse of psychiatry. They're trying to do that here. It's really frightening. I want to talk to Terry Jeffrey first about this, I think, really important First Amendment case at the Supreme Court. Brett Johnson gave us the legal perspective on. Terry's going to give us the historical. Then I want to come back to tell you about the Ministry of Truth that's being created in Washington, D.C. under the Biden administration. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 